Comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Triple Click Home. Welcome to Triple Click Home, episode 32. We're going to do something a little different this time. My name is Buddy Brandon, and I'm your uh, periodic, well, actually almost all the time host uh, this time, and welcome to the show. I have uh, here with me today Jamie Pauls, our usual suspects are not here this time. And, Not uh, using we'll radio announcer out. voice this time, I might add. Yeah. Hi, in a minute. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Jamie. Howdy, as Alina would say. That's right. She would. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're wishing her well on employment thingies. Um, she had a little bit of problem over the summer. We hope that that has been resolved and she has happy, fun things to report to us next month. But, uh, you know, this month being August which would mean being right before the iPhone 6 is rumored to launch. This would be the time for lots of rumor and speculation. Boy, would it ever. Lots of rumor and speculation. Many of these rumors are second verse, same as the first. Uh, We've seen um, rumors about uh, NFC again. Yes. Uh, That one seems to pop up every year. Larger screens. Some people say one larger screen. Some people say two larger screens. iPhone phablet, anyone? <laughs> there are rumors surrounding screens made out of synthetic sapphire, which uh, are, of course, light Gorilla Glass they're claiming won't break and also is not able to be scratched by anything short of diamond. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we all carry around diamond. Right. But all of that is rumor and speculation, and all of you know how I feel about rumor and speculation, especially where it comes to Apple. Pretty much. Do you think I've made my point very clear on how I feel about rumor and speculation? I, I think you have made it abundantly clear. So we've decided to not exactly go on strike. Let's say go on vacation, sort of, kind of. That sounds good. I need a vacation. Yeah. So we could stop the podcast right here, but that would be kind of mean and really not very nice to our listeners yeah, at all. All like 11,000-something of y'all, 12,000-something yeah. of y'all on Twitter, and uh, those of you not on Twitter, and the uproar would be uproarious. The outcry would be... Outcryable. Outcryable. That's what it would be. It would be outcryable. Yeah. And uh, we, do, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't want to do that to you, so we're not going to. We're going to do something a little different this time. We've got a couple of reviews. You might have heard that Serotech has released, um, I don't know, some... I. Blink radio thing. For the Mac, maybe? Mac, for the Mac. Mac? And then they updated iBlink radio for iOS. We updated for Android, too, but they can talk about that. Yeah, we'll let them cover that later. But we've got a review of uh, some of the updates, and uh, we've also got another review of a calendar app, isn't it? It is. Lisa Salinger is really a fan of Fantastical or Fantastical. We can start a big old raging debate about how that's actually pronounced, because I don't know for sure. I think it might depend on how it's capitalized. This is true, and I am a bad person and didn't look to see for sure. I didn't either. But, Hmm. you know, Lisa's been on this quest, a quest for (laughs) the perfect calendar app. I mean, she has been on a quest for, like, for goodness sake, I think as long as she's been here, she's been looking for the perfect calendar app. The sad thing is I can identify with such things, not necessarily a calendar, but if you want that one app that does what you want it to do, you will search heaven and earth to uh, locate it. So 
we'll find out if she, in fact, has found the perfect calendar app in this one or not, or if she's still going to be on the hunt, as it were. Finally, we have an interview with a developer. You want to tell them about that, Jamie? You bet. New crossword puzzle game that's kind of hitting the blind community a little bit. Crossly is the name. And I got to sit down with the developer and designer, two gentlemen, of the game. And we talk about uh, developing for the iPhone and um, maybe some issues that I'm having a little bit and uh, some reasons I may be having some problems and other people are not. But uh, we definitely uh, get into some nuts and bolts about how to design a game and kind of what goes into it visually and from a voiceover perspective as well. Not too technical, but I think you'll find it interesting. Always good to have that kind of background because when you get to peek behind the curtain, especially when you get to peek behind the curtain with somebody who can actually tell you what's going on behind the curtain in English. (laughs) Yeah. Always a good thing. So stay tuned for that. And we'll be back next month for all the happy, fun goodness that is iOS updates, maybe new hardware. Mm. We'll all just have to wait and see because nobody knows until Apple actually says. Because remember, um, all the developers thought they had WWDC nailed down, and they did not. No. So Apple can still surprise us sometimes. So we'll be back with that next month. Sounds like a plan. In the meantime, let's just jump right into our first review. We here at Therotech are excited about all of the products that we have to offer, and we receive a lot of positive feedback about all of them. But one product that we probably receive more constant positive feedback about than any other is iBlink Radio. iOS users have used iBlink Radio for years, and now Android and Kindle Fire users are able to use it as well. But we're not done, not by a long way. We're here to announce and to present to you iBlink Radio for the Mac. You've been asking for it for a long time. We've been wanting to bring it to you for a long time, and it's finally here. First, let's talk about obtaining and installing iBlink Radio for the Mac. You can find it from the App Store just by doing a search for iBlink Radio. That's I-B-L-I-N-K Radio. Installation is very straightforward. There are just a few questions that you need to answer, and it's quite easy to determine where you are in the process. And the questions themselves are very straightforward. So for anyone who has ever installed a product on the Mac, I think you will find this to be a very pleasant experience. This demonstration is going to assume that you already have the product installed. And we're going to just take a look at the interface. We're going to take a look at SamNet Connect. We're going to take a look at podcasts and listening to some described audio. So that's kind of where this demonstration is headed. Without further ado, let's get started. With iBlink Radio installed, open your applications folder and bring the app into focus. I just typed IB. And then let's open it with Command O. Open iBlink Radio. Now in iBlink Radio window. Name, table, row 1 of 28, name, listen to Serotalk Podcast 206, injury by putting, selected. Anyone who's used iBlink Radio on other platforms is going to feel quite at home on the Mac. We can just arrow up and down. In fact, we don't even really have to interact with anything. Let's just use our arrow keys. Submit an iReport. Audio tutorials and interviews. Blindness resources. Catch convention fever. Community radio. Listen to ACB 2014 SPN Special 1. So you get the idea. Let's use... Option up arrow to go to the top of the list. 
Listen to Sarah Talk Podcast 206. Injury by putting. Let's VO left arrow just to see what's here. I blink radio. Zoom button. Minimize button. Close button. And then VO right again. Minimize button. Zoom button. I blink radio. Name table. Row one. Open. Default button. Presets button. Downloads button. Recently played button. Previous page. Dim button. Next page. Dim button. So a very simple interface indeed. Let's go back to our list of items. Previous, recent, download, preset, open, name, table, row 1 of 28, name, listen to Sarah Talk Podcast 206, injury by putting, selected. And let's press return here. Now in, listen to, you are currently on HTML content. To enter the web area, press control, option, shift, down arrow, Sarah Talk Podcast 206, injury by putting vertical line, Sarah Talk HTML content, I blink radio has new window. From where we are right now, we can interact with the HTML area and take a look at the podcast show notes. Entering banner landmark interact with Serotalk Podcast 206. Injury by putting vertical line Serotalk HTML content. Serotalk. And I can jump by headings. Let's do VO Command H. Heading level one. Serotalk Podcast 206. Injury by putting. And we can use VO right arrow to move to the show notes themselves. Link by link. Lisa Salinger joins Jamie Pauls and Joe Steinkamp to discuss the top news stories of the week. Then, Buddy Brannon visits with... And of course, we have a link coming up here. Link. Hobby Wedler. So, really great way to listen to content and look at show notes at the same time. Let's close this. Actually, let's uninteract with this area. Leaving main landmark. Stop interacting with Talk Podcast 206. Injury by putting vertical line Talk 8. And I'm going to write our VO right arrow. Play button. So we have the play button. Download button. Certainly can download this for offline listening later. Add preset. Dim button. Previous track. Dim button. Next track. Dim button. Position. Zero percent. Position. Dim. Zero percent. So let's go over to the play button quickly. Position. Previous. Add pre- down. Play button. Press play button. Comments made on the Serotalk Podcast Network are those of the and individuals. there's our friend Patrick. Corporation. pause that. Press pause button. You are currently on the button. It's a great way to listen to content from Serotech. Let's close this window. Close window. Now in iBlink radio window. Name, table, row 1 of 28. Name, listen to Serotalk podcast 206. Injury by putting. If you are familiar with iBlink radio at all, you know that one of the categories we have here is SamNet Sampler. I'm just going to jump to that quickly by typing SAM. SAMNet Sampler. And we'll press return here. Now in SAM Net Sampler window, name, table, row 1 of 8, name, using the SAM Net Socializer, selected. This area contains a sampling of content that's available to our SAMNet community members, including some training by our very own Lisa Salinger. And so we can just arrow up and down here. Audio tour of the American Printing House for the Blind, History of Rock and Roll. Interviews from the 2013 Texas Church Conference for unveiling the Serotech and ba- using BARD with SAM, connect to SAM Net. And there we have Connect to SamNet. Once you have explored what we have to offer and you're interested in more content, you can simply uh, sign in if you already have an account. Or if you don't have one, you can create one right from the Mac. Now in Login Window, Account Number, Edit Text. I will enter my account number and PIN number and then press Return. Now in SA Name, Table, Row 1 of 35, Name, Listen to High Contrast, Episode 2-3, Root and Toot and Good Time, Selected. So now... We are actually in SamNet because I have logged in. Before we're done, we'll see that at the top of iBlink Radio's main window, we have a connect to SamNet option. 
because the SAMnet sampler goes away. You don't need it anymore if you're a part of the SAMnet community. I want to demonstrate playing some content from within SAMnet, so I'm going to go to the entertainment section. Entertainment. I'm going to press return there. Now in entertainment window, name, table, row 105. I'm going to go to... Describe video programming. Just press the letter D there. Name, table, row 105, name, children in the... Now I'm going to move to... Television programs and documentaries. Just by pressing the letter T, press return there. Name, table, row 151, name, 24. Now, one of the things that we have done is to make content easier to find, especially if you are in a category with lots and lots of links. Sometimes it would take quite a while for them to open up. So I'm going to move to the next page option. Earlier we heard it, but it was dimmed. Now it is not. Presets, download, recently, previous, hit, next page button. Press next name, table, row 150. And I'm going to type F-O-U-R. Four more feet. To move to the documentary that I want us to take a quick look at. Four more feet. Press return there. Now in four more feet window, HTML content. We have the HTML area. Play button. The play button. Download button. Download button. So you see very similar to podcasts. Play button. We can hit the play button here. Press play button. Fade into camera point of view, approaching a snowy mountain. You are currently on a button. Press pause. We can pause that. So, anything that you want to play on SamNet, as well as anything from the front page of iBlink Radio, is available to you. Let's close this window with Command W. Close window. Now in television programs. And again, Command W. Close window. Now in SAMNet home window. Entertainment. Edit text. And again, another command W. Close window. Now in iBlink Radio window. Name, table, row. So we're in the iBlink Radio main interface. If we do option up arrow. Connect to SAMNet. We now have the connect to SAMNet option because we're already logged in. By now you may be thinking, it's all well and good to have iBlink Radio on more than one device, but how am I going to keep track of everything? If I start listening to content on one device, how am I going to keep track of where it is on the other device that I might be using. Or, for example, uh, preset. How will I go about managing presets on multiple devices? We've actually made that quite simple. I'm going to demonstrate presets here. As a matter of fact, let's go over to the presets area with VO right arrow. Open default button. Presets button. And VO space. Press now in presets window. Name table row one of two. Name SPN radio. Your station, your community, selected. Twitch TV network. So we have two presets already in this list. Let's get out of this window. Close window. Now in iBlink radio window. Presets button. Let's move left. Open. Deep. Name. Table. Row 1 of 28. Name. Connect to SAMnet. Select. And let's choose community radio. Community radio. Press return. Now in community radio window. Name. Table. Row 1 of 51. Name. SPN radio. 9-5 The Mix. ACB Radio Streams. The Bell. So if I wanted to add the bell to my list of presets, I would press return to launch the station. Now in the Bell window, HTML content. And then I'm going to VO right arrow over to the presets or add preset button. Press VO space. 
I will then move away from that button and I'll come back to it and we'll see what's there. Pause button. Download. Add reset button. Press add reset button. Previous track. Dim button. Remove reset button. So instead of add preset, we now have a remove preset button. Let's close the radio station window. Close window. Now in community radio, page one of two window. Name. Let's go back to the main interface. Close window. Now in idling radio window. Name. Table. And let's go look at our list of presets again. Open presets button. Press pre now in presets window. Name. Table. Row one of three. Name. The bell. Selected. And there we see that the bell has been added to our list of presets. Not only can you share presets between devices, but if you start listening to that documentary, for example, for more feet on the Mac, you can pause it there and you can listen later, either on your PC or one of your other devices, right where you left off. So we have you covered as far as managing multiple devices. A few words about SamNet using iBlink Radio. There are some things that you can certainly do. You can look at forums. You can play content, as we've seen. One of the things that you can't do is read email, but that's okay because setting up email on the Mac is quite easy to do, and it works quite well. We continue to add features. We continue to update, and so things may change. But as of this demonstration, that's where we are. I've made mention several times about downloading content for later listening, It's very straightforward. Once the download has completed, you will receive an alert letting you know that it is there. You can either play the content right from that alert, or you can hit the OK button, which is the default button, and later on go to the downloads area of iBlink Radio. You will find the content that you've downloaded. You can either play it or just use Command-Delete to remove it from your device. Very simple, very straightforward. That's going to wrap up this demonstration. I think you get the idea that iBlink Radio for Mac is a wonderful new addition, a new platform, and it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for many of us who use the Mac. Go grab it in the App Store. Try a 14-day trial of SamNet, and once your time is up, we are satisfied that you will go ahead and stay in our community. We'd love to hear from you. Resources at serotalk.com is the email address to use. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash serotech, S-E-R-O-T-E-K, to learn about all of our products. Or finally, visit us at www.serotech.com. Looking for the perfect gift for a loved one with vision loss? Elegant Insights Braille Creations offers a distinctive collection of jewelry and accessories, all handcrafted, made in the USA, and embossed in crisp, readable Braille. Find us on the web at elegantinsightsjewelry.com or call us at 509-264-2588. Elegant Insights Braille Creations, jewelry and accessories with a tactile twist. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Salinger, and I am here today to tell you about a calendar app. Now, before you move on to the next thing because you think, oh, calendars aren't really of interest to me, especially because there's a free one on my iPhone, I hope you'll stay with me for just a little bit and hear about the nearly two-year search that 
finally led to the discovery of this app. The app I'm going to be talking about is called Fantastical or Fantastical. I suppose it's one of those tomato-tomato situations. Actually, it's Fantastical 2, just the number 2. The current version is called Fantastical 2, and it is available for iPad, and there's a separate app for the iPhone or the iPod Touch. You can also get Fantastical for Mac. I don't have all pricing information, but the iPhone version of this app costs $4.99 and, in my mind, is well worth it. I went searching for an app because I had a problem that was not really solved by the calendar app on my phone. Here's the situation. I may have appointments on certain dates. For example, July 15th, August 10th, etc. But then I also have appointments that occur at intervals. The first Sunday of the month, the first Monday of the month, the fourth Thursday of the month, and so on. The problem arises if, for example, I'm trying to make a dentist appointment six months away and I'm given a date and then I have to find the date and figure out is that going to conflict with something that's going on? Is that the maybe the second Tuesday of the month on which I already have something scheduled? What Fantastical does really well, and it does a lot of things really well. I am discussing in particular the use that I found for it, but it does many things well. But one of them is the ability to set up recurring appointments. And unfortunately, this is just not a feature that has been brought to the iDevices. Fantastical will allow you to sync any calendar with it that will sync with your iDevice. So Google and Exchange and Outlook, all different kinds of calendars. It syncs with several of them. Fantastical was not one of those apps that was necessarily designed from the ground up with voiceover users in mind. In my search for a calendar app with recurring appointments, I explored many options. I purchased a small few, and I read reviews of many. And there were one or two that were designed specifically with voiceover in mind, and they really didn't meet my needs. There was one that would do recurring appointments, and I couldn't use it with voiceover. Fantastical initially had a problem where the welcome screen was somewhat inaccessible to navigate through. You could do it without sighted assistance, but it meant lots of toggling voiceover on and off and tapping in maybe the center of the screen, maybe some other odd place, and finally getting through it. I believe, however, that this has been resolved several months ago in an update. They are pretty regular about releasing updates, and one that just came out will be 
of great help to those who use a keyboard with their device because Fantastical has incorporated many keyboard commands and shortcuts for easier navigation of the app. If you don't use a keyboard, that's okay too, because entering an appointment is still quite easy, and I will show you that. Let's take a look at the app. We're not going to touch on every aspect of it. I just want to walk through it, give you a general idea of how it works, so that you can decide if maybe this app is for you. At present, I am demonstrating on an iPhone 5, and I will be using it in portrait mode. That means that the area with the home button is closest to you. It is not sideways so that the long end is closest to you. You can use the app in landscape mode. Apparently, when you put it into landscape, at least on the iPhone or iPod Touch, it changes the way that weeks are displayed. This apparently is not as accessible a view. I was not really able to evaluate this objectively because I very rarely use landscape mode and because I hardly ever use it, it just felt very clunky and unwieldy. But this could be more due to my lack of experience with landscape than with anything else. Let's open the app and take a look. Fantastical. July 2014. Settings. Button. We are now on settings, so let's take a look at some of those. We will not go into all of them. Settings. Done. Button. The first button is the Done button. Settings. Heading. Calendars. All. Time zone support. Off. And if you're not sure what these are, double tapping on them will allow you to go in and not only change the settings, but hear a short description of what they do. App icon badge. None. I leave that none. That is a primarily visual thing. Highlight weekends. Switch button. Off. That also is a rather visual feature. It allows the weekends to be shown in different color. Like theme. Switch button. Off. New events. Heading. This is one thing I really like. In the settings, the items are divided by headings. If you know that you want to change something about the way that new events are displayed, you could change your rotor to headings and flick down with one finger till you got to new events. Default alerts. Default duration, when default calendar, reminders, heading, enable reminders, switch button, off. I tend not to have reminders enabled, and I suggest that if you're new to the app that you do the same. This allows you to list not only appointments, but reminders, and then unless you clear that reminder, it shows up in the next day's calendar. So, for example, if I didn't clear today's reminders, they would be there to nag me tomorrow. There's a fair amount of information on the screen, and it's my opinion that if you are relatively new to the app, you might not want the extra clutter that reminders bring. I have a different system that I use for reminders. Otherwise, I would have turned this option on by now. As I said, the information is grouped by heading. 
And just for the sake of showing you that, I don't really want or need any more information about reminders at the moment, so I'm going to flick down to the next heading. Calendar. Heading. Start week on. Sunday. Show calendar weeks. Switch button. Off. Day ticker. Heading. Show all empty days. Switch button. Off. We will talk a little bit more about the day ticker. The day ticker is one of the ways that you can have dates displayed in this app. The one option you'll want to be aware of in the day ticker is the option to show all empty days. The way that this is set up is that if there are three days in a row with no appointments, you can choose not to show that on screen. Whether you turn this on or off won't really affect navigation or ease of use, but you may decide that you prefer it one way or the other. I'm going to navigate again by headings. Flick down with one finger. List. Heading. Advanced. Heading. Heading not found. And advanced is the final heading. Let's navigate through that. Show event location app. Switch button. On. Open links in. Safari. Notifications. Help. About Fantastical. The help is fairly good. It lets you know the kinds of things you can do. There is a frequently asked questions. There is a tips and tricks. You can also find those on the developer's website. And as always, we will link to that in the show notes. So please check those out if you would like. Some of the help will be quite helpful. Some may not be quite as helpful because voiceover commands are not given, and this will be confusing to some, especially if you are new. One thing that they do tell you to do quite a lot is to pull down. In this particular case, this turns out to be a three-finger flick. Now that we are done with settings at the moment, let's find the Done button. It's in the upper left hand of the screen. Calendars. All. Settings. Done. Button. July 2014. Settings. Button. We are now at the start of the app. Let's flick right for the moment. July 2014. Heading. Go to today. Button. New event. Button. Those are two very helpful options. Go to today, where you can view anything that's going on, or new event. Search. Search field. If I want to search, let's say that I have, well, I don't have a friend named Fred. I have a brother-in-law named Fred. And let's say that I want to find Fred's birthday. I could double tap the search field, enter the word Fred, and... If it's on my calendar, it will show me that search. Sunday. Below that is the traditional calendar with the days of the week across the top, Sunday through Saturday, and then the numbered days below that. July 3rd, 2014. No, Thursday. I'll find Thursday, and then if I slowly move my finger down, I can find out all the Thursdays in the month of July. Search. Search field. Thursday. July 3rd, 2014. No events. July 10th, 2014. No events. July 17th, 2014. No events. Selected. July 24th, 2014. Two events. July. July. Selected. July.
Selected July 31st, 2014. No events. I'm leaving my mistakes in the recording on purpose so that you can get an idea that navigating these dates is a little complex, but it's doable. Also, it said July 24th selected because when I looked at this just a moment ago, it said that there were two events and I wanted to go in and see what they were. So I'm going to do that again. I'm going to locate July 24th. July 11th, 2000, July, July 19th, 2014. No event. July 18th, 2000, July 25th, 2000. Selected. July 24th, 2014. Two events. Selected. July 24th, 2014. Two events. Below my calendar is a list of all the events that take place or have taken place in the month of July, which is when I am recording this audio. Sandnet training. Five. Thursday, July 24th, 2014. Heading. I could also have gotten here by means of header navigation because each day with its separate events is a heading. Sandnet training. Five. Six p.m. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. Here is a scheduled item. This is for the training that I do on Samnet. This is my item that is the fourth Thursday of each month. However, this has already passed and I don't need it anymore. If you've been following along on your phone and you've been navigating by headings, this is where you will want to change your rotor to actions. Now, if I flick down on this item, delete. Double tapping will allow me to delete. Alert. This is a repeating event. Delete this event only button. Delete all future events button. I'm going to delete only this event. Delete this event only button. July 2014 settings button. Thursday, July 24th, 2014 heading. In it to win it. 9, 10 p.m. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. This was a reminder of our In It To Win It event on Samnet. Instead of deleting this item, I'm going to double tap and go in and we can review some of the details. Show Thursday, July 24th. Back button. Edit button. In It To Win It. Thursday, July 24th, 2014 from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Alert. None. Calendar. Home. Show us. Busy. And those are my Calendar. items. Alert. Thir in it. Edit. Thursday. July. Edit. Button. Now I'm going to double tap edit and I'm going to change some details. Edit. Cancel. Button. Edit. Heading. Done. Button. Title. In it to win it. Text field. Location. Location. Text field. Set event location. Button. I can have appointments set by location so I can be alerted when I'm near that location but in this case that's not something I really need all day switch button off if I wanted to make this an all-day event like someone's birthday or a similar kind of appointment I could double tap starts Thursday July 24th 2014 9 p.m. I'm going to double tap this item nine o'clock selected Peaker item, adjustable, starts Thursday, July 24th, 2014, 9 p.m. Sometimes the pickers in this app can be a little iffy. For example, this 
brought focus to 9 p.m., and there's actually a picker before it. You can try flicking left or right with one finger to navigate through the pickers. Sometimes the easiest way is to find where the actual picker is and slide your finger on the screen a little bit to the left or the right. July 24th, Thursday. Picker item. Adjustable. July 25th, Friday. July 26th, Sat. I'm flicking up with one finger and it is giving me the date and the day of the week. You can flick up with three fingers to navigate by eight days at a time or eight units at a time in any picker. However, if you can avoid it, it's probably best not to do that in this particular app. It seems to lose focus rather spectacularly. If you have a good idea where the actual pickers are located on the screen, this isn't such a big deal. In this case, though, let's just keep flicking up. July 27th, July 28th, July 29th, today, July 31st, Thursday. This event has already occurred, but for the sake of demonstration, I'm going to reschedule this event in my calendar to occur on Thursday, July 31st. 9 o'clock, selected, picker item, adjustable. Let's change the start time. 8 o'clock, selected. Zero minutes. Selected. Picker at p.m. Selected. Picker ends 9 p.m. And as you can tell, the time that it is finished has been brought back from 10 o'clock to 9 o'clock. You can change how long events last by default in the settings menu. You can also double tap this item to adjust the end time. For example, maybe you know that your appointment will go from 8 to 9.30. You can make those changes just like we did with the first picker. Time zone, New York. Repeat, never. If I want to, I can set this as a recurring event by double tapping that item. Cust, repeat, edit, back button. Repeat, heading, selected, never. Every day, every week, every two weeks, every month. Every year. Custom. We could double tap that item to set how regularly the event occurs, but I think we'll hold off on that for now. Repeat every month. Repeat and never. Invitees, none. Alert, none. Calendar, home. Alert, none. Let's double tap here to set an alert. For alert, edit, back button, alert. Heading. Selected. None. At time of event. One minute before. Five minutes before. Swipe up or down to select ten minutes before. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. Delete. Activate item. Default action. I'm going to double tap. Ten minutes before. And that will select that item. Alert. Heading. Ten minutes before. Delete alert. Button. Add another alert. Swipe up or down to select a custom action, then double tap to activate. If something is supposed to start exactly on time, I will sometimes set an alert for at time of event or one minute prior to the time of the event. Edit. Back button. Edit. Cancel. Button. Alert. Ten minutes before. 
Calendar. Home. Show us. Busy. URL. URL. Text field. If I need to access a certain website for this event, I can put that here. Notes. Text field. And the same thing if I want to write notes. For example, if I have questions I need to ask my doctor, I can write them in the notes section of an appointment to see my doctor. Delete event. And then you can delete the event. Cancel button. Edit heading. Done button. You can cancel or you can say that you're done. I'm going to say I'm done. Thursday, July 31st. Back button. Show us. Busy. Thursday, July. Edit button. In it to win it. Thursday, July 31st, 2014 from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. So here is my revised event. In this case, I don't really want to keep it. I am now in the area where the information for Thursday, July 31st is shown, and it gives me the option to edit this event once again. Thursday, July 31st, back button. July 2014, settings, button. I'm now out of that option, and I am in the regular part of my calendar. At the beginning of this demonstration, I talked to you about the two ways that information can be displayed. One is the standard calendar view, and the other is the day ticker. July 2nd, 2014, no events. On any day in the calendar, I can flick down with three fingers. August 3rd, 2014, VIP board meeting. 8, day ticker. August 2nd, 2014, no events. And it tells me that I am now in the day ticker. It doesn't say specifically when it switches from one to the other, but if you touch near the top of the screen, if it just says the day, you are in standard calendar view. If it says the day and day ticker, you are obviously in day ticker mode. Let's browse a little bit. I'm going to flick through the days that are displayed. August 3rd, 2014, one event. There is an event on August 3rd. August 2nd, 2014, no events. August 1st, 2014, no events. July 31st, 2014, no events. July 30th, 2014, one event. It showed those dates on the day ticker because there were not more than three consecutive days in a row. If there had been, they wouldn't have been shown. And we can keep navigating through days in just that way. Let's go back up to the top of the screen now. One of five bars, settings, button. July 2014, heading, go to today, button. If I double tap this, it would take me to today and allow me to see what was scheduled. New event, button. Create event, text field, is editing. Now we're going to create a new event. And if you think that this all sounds tedious, this is where Fantastical really shines. I'm going to create a fictitious event. I'm going to schedule a meeting for August 7th. First, let's explore this screen. I'm starting at the top, and I'm just simply flicking right in this case. Cancel button. So if I decide to call the whole thing off, I can double tap cancel. New event. Heading. Here's my heading just telling me I'm creating a new event. Add. Dimmed. 
button. This is dimmed because I haven't entered any information. Create event. Text field. Is editing. This is where you can put the event text. And you can type it or you can use dictation. And it will fill in the fields for you. I'm going to use dictation to create a fictitious meeting with a person named Louise. Instead of filling in each of the following fields, I'm going to let dictation do it for me. Show details. Create event. Text field. Is editing. Show detail. One. Dimmed. But show detail. Create event. Text field. Is editing. Dictate. Meet with Louise. August 5th at 7.30 p.m. Inserted meet with Louise August 5th at 7.30 p.m. And there is my dictation. Space. New event. Heading. Add. Button. Create event. Text field. Is editing. Meet with Louise August 5th at 7.30 p.m. Meet with Louise August 5th, 2014. 7.30. 0 p.m. to August 5th, 2014. 8.30. 0 p.m. Show details. I don't know why it said 7.30.0. I don't remember seeing that before. I will continue now to move on through the various fields. Ends, 8.45 p.m. Peaker item, adjustable. 8 o'clock, select 45 minutes. Selected, peaker item, adjustable. And for whatever arbitrary reason, it is now reading those pickers. But that's okay, because we found it anyway and got it changed. P.M. Selected, peaker item, adjustable. Time zone, New York. Repeat, never. Let's assume that I have an appointment every month with Louise on the first Tuesday of each month. Repeat, heading, never. Every day, every week, every two weeks, every month. You would think this is the option that I would want, but that is not really the case. If I choose every month, it would repeat on the fifth day of each month. But that's not what I want. I specifically want the first Tuesday. On this screen again, we are using pickers and you need to find them by touch. If you flick to them, they do not seem to work properly. We're now on the custom screen. Let's flick through these items. Custom, heading, repeat, every year. Every year is what is currently selected, so that is displayed. One, picker item, adjustable. I actually think it would make more sense if they had the year, month, week, etc. first. And just as a means to wrap my head around it, I will flick right and I will choose that first. One, picker item, adjustable. This is also where you can set a day of the month as in July 4th or August 9th. Let's flick right. Year, picker item, adjustable. Here is our picker for the interval. Year, month, week, day, day. And those are our choices. So I'm going to choose month. On days. Again, here you can choose a day of the month. On week. And this is what I want. This is where you can choose the week. Hyphen. Peaker item. Adjustable. Sunday. Monday. Tuesday. I flicked up to Tuesday. 
hyphen, picker item, adjustable. And for some reason, it took me to the second picker. So I just flicked left to get to the day. First. This picker gives you the options of first, second, third, fourth, and last. That way you can choose, for example, the third Friday or the last Thursday. Once I've chosen this, I can flick left again to confirm. On the first Tuesday of the month. And that is what I want, so I'm going to back out of this. Custom. Back button. Custom. Repeat. Back buttons. Repeat. Back button. Repeat. New event. Back button. New event. Back button. New event. Cancel. Button. Alert. None. Invitees. None. Repeat and never. Repeat. Every month on the first Tuesday. As you can tell, I had to go back quite a few times. I'm back now on the main screen. Let's finish going through that. Repeat and never. Invitees. None. If I wanted to, of course, I could choose Louise from my contacts and I could send her an invitation to share this event on her calendar. Alert. None. One alert. New event. Back button. 30 minutes before. Swipe 15 minutes before. 15 minutes before. New event. Back button. New event. Invitees. None. Alert. 15 minutes before. Calendar. Home. Show us. Busy. URL. URL. Notes. And that is everything. Once you add a few events, it will not take you nearly as long as it took me because I stopped to demonstrate it and explain what I was doing. Of course, there is an easier way. You could do it something like this. New event. Button. Create event. Text field. Is editing. Word mode. Dictate. Schedule a meeting with Sharon the fourth Wednesday of every month from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Inserted schedule a meeting with Sharon the fourth Wednesday of every month from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Space. Create event. Schedule a meeting with Sharon EF. Schedule a meeting with Sharon. August 27th, 2014. 1, colon 0 p.m. to August 27th, 2014. 2, 30, 0 p.m. Show details. Let's look and make sure that the reoccurrence is set up as I wanted. Show details. All day. Switch button. Off. Starts. Wednesday, August 27th, 2014, 1 p.m. Ends. Time zone. New York. Repeat. Every month on the fourth Wednesday. And that is done. I could have added location information to that sentence. I could have added alert information to that sentence. But you get the idea. This, to me, really is an excellent app. You can use it for as little or as much as you want, and you can very easily customize it to meet your needs. So that, essentially, is the Fantastical app. I should mention that because it syncs with my other calendars, I can view it in the iOS calendar app if I want, or online on any of the calendars with which it syncs. I hope that you have found this interesting and that even if Fantastical isn't the tool that you need, that 
It gives you some insight as to what is available out there and maybe will even help you navigate other apps that you are using either for productivity or enjoyment. For the Serotalk Podcast Network, I'm Lisa Salinger. Experience the power and versatility of BrailleSense Firmware 8.2. You asked, Hims delivered. Collaborate with your friends and colleagues with our Facebook app. Simplify complex keystroke combinations with our macro manager. Record in Daisy and so much more. We can't list all the new features here, so visit us on the web at www.hims-inc.com or find us at the summer conventions. Hims, your needs are our solutions. This month on the Triple Click Home podcast, I am pleased to visit with Dimitri and Rusty from Mercury Intermedia about a new game called Crossly. It's a crossword puzzle game, and it's very accessible with voiceover, and the blind community is really beginning to take a liking to this game. So first of all, Dimitri, you are an iOS engineer and the lead developer on the project, correct? That's correct. Well, definitely glad to have you along. Rusty, you're in design, right? That's correct. Okay, very good. Dimitri, I'll let you take this one, I guess, first. How long has the game been out, and when did you first become aware that blind people might be interested in playing this game? I believe the game was released July 24th, so however long ago that was. And, um, you know, really, we built this, and we, you know, we tried to put an emphasis on accessibility just because a lot of the other crossword puzzle games that we had looked at didn't really seem to put any emphasis on it. And um, I don't really know if we had an idea of how the community would take a hold of this. And we just kind of built it and said, hey, it's there. And if they want to use it, great. And if not, you know, at least we put an effort into it. I had to smile when I read your release on the AppleViz forum because you were just very upfront and said, hey, look, we've put some work into this. If you guys like it, we need to hear from you. If you don't, we're probably not going to do much more with it. So you need to tell us what you think. Yeah, we built it and we, we, give it, we gave it our best shot. You know, we haven't had, you know, we're kind of, I think Rusty, I don't know if he had mentioned this, but we're kind of novices at this whole thing. And so, we, you know, we gave it our best try and, you know, we were hoping to get some feedback from the community, the accessibility community, and uh, just kind of work from there. Well, first of all, let's talk about what devices this game will run on and, and what devices it probably won't run as well on. I'll let you go ahead and run that down for us. Yeah, so right now it runs on all iPhone devices that are running iOS 7 and up. Uh, right now there is not currently support for iPad, although that is in our scopes for the future. Okay. Now, Rusty, when we talk about design, you and I have talked a little bit, and I know there are some differences between the iPhone 4S and the iPhone 5 models. Why don't you go ahead and tell us, I realize you'll be a little bit visual, but it will relate to voiceover here as well. Talk to us about the differences. The biggest difference is, I guess we always kind of find ourselves designing for the current and future devices. And so when Apple moved over to the 5 and we were working on this, we focused the design primarily on making the best experience for the 5 and the 5S. And it still works on the 4S, but the main difference that you'll see there is that when you're in the puzzle view, the main view for the application, the puzzle has to actually scroll to see all of the puzzle. So it fits perfectly on the 5 and the 5S, but there's just a little bit of scrolling 
iPhone 4S. I currently have an iPhone 4S, and I've been visiting with the guys a little bit, and I won't go into details. I'm having a few issues with voiceover, and they're being very responsive and, and working with me a little bit on those. And I say that because to our listeners, if you are using a 4S, and if you are experiencing some problems need to go ahead and write these gentlemen, and we'll tell you how to get a hold of them here at the end of the interview so that they can gather information. And, of course, we have to wonder how much work and effort they should put into the 4S because as soon as I can upgrade, I plan to when Apple releases whatever they're going to release soon. But at the same time, we want to let them know what's going on here. So we won't focus on the issues, but I just want to make people aware that there may be some. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, first of all, it's a crossword puzzle. So if you're familiar with crossword puzzles, then you kind of know how to play this game. But Dimitri, let's talk about the Game Center and how you've implemented some really cool stuff there. Yeah, so we're leveraging uh, Apple's Game Center, which is a gaming framework they built a couple of years ago that lets you do all sorts of things. Like, you know, you can have achievements and challenges and leaderboards. And the main thing that we're using it for is turn-based gaming. And um, there are some other apps that have used Game Center. There aren't a whole lot, but there are some others that have used that technology as well. But basically, with what Apple has given us, we didn't have to write any of our own back-end technology. So we could focus on the client experience, and then from there, we hand off all the data to Apple, and then they handle marshalling it back and forth between devices, which was a huge load off of our backs as far as development effort. So is it cheating if you use a website to look up the you know clue to an answer once in a while? I was joking with my wife, and I said I would spend the rest of my life trying to figure out the answers to some of these questions if I didn't get a little help. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it really depends on who you ask regarding whether or not going online is cheating or not. I was, it's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to my mom about this the other day because I was showing her the app, and She's of the opinion that no, if you know, if I don't, you know, if I don't know the answer, it's not cheating to go online and look it up. No, I, I tend to disagree with her, but uh, I guess it depends on who you're playing and if you're playing friends, as long as you can come to some sort of agreement. Right. Fair enough. That's a very good answer. It's interesting because there are so many questions and so many uh, areas of of knowledge that a person doesn't have. It's a great way to stimulate your mind, though I think, and really learn new things. Yeah, definitely. I actually going into this was probably, ironically enough, probably not that good at crossword puzzles. But as I've been playing the game, you know, through the whole development process, I've become a lot better at it, which is good now that it's live and I can play against other people. Sure. So talk about developing for voiceover as a sighted person. What's that like? And how do you kind of get a feel for, obviously, you, you're going to use voiceover, but did you have to kind of learn to be a voiceover user? How do you know when it's really working and when it's not so much. Apple provides a lot of tools and resources for teaching developers how to build applications that are accessible. So if you are a developer and you happen to be listening, the sessions they do every year at WWDC, they have some good videos where they go over accessibility features and best practices and that sort of thing. As far as developing for it, you know, I tried to utilize all those resources and then beyond that, Really, I just turned voiceover on on the app and then went into Crossly and just started looking at things and asking myself, you know, if I couldn't see the screen, would I understand what was going on? And that, you know, right there, I mean, trying to apply context to all the different interactions that were available was really how I went about developing it. And beyond that, it was really just my best guess. I think this is what people will need to use this app. Mm-hmm. So as the blind community uses it, then we can talk to you guys and say, it's great in this area, 
it would be helpful if, and then maybe make some suggestions, even based on some other apps that you know that we use that we can say, hey, this app uses voiceover technology in this way. Could you guys take a look and see if you can implement that? And together, I think we can make this game a real must-have if you're a gamer, if you like word games at all. Always helpful to get feedback, even down to things like um, we may be being too repetitive at times or the order of how we're announcing things may not be right. Mm -hmm. Um, Any of that type of feedback is helpful. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I think at this point, we just need people to play with the game, to become familiar with it, um, to start using it. It is free to download, but you have some in-app purchases. Dimitri, you want to go ahead and take this one and just talk about the in-app purchases in the, in the game? Sure. So we have a couple different in-app purchases. The main one is you can upgrade the app. So you download it for free, and then there are some items that you can unlock. For instance, we have themes that are available that change the look and feel of the app. But um, okay. Yeah, I don't really know how much of a sell that might be for the accessibility community. You can buy peaks though, right? <laughs> yeah, you can also, so you can upgrade the app and it'll hide the in-app advertisement on the main list view that shows all of your games. And then also when you upgrade, you'll get some extra peaks as well. One more interesting thing about the upgrade is that we tried an interesting approach to it. So typically when you want to upgrade an app, it's, you know, you pay 99 cents or pay $1.99 and that's it. What we ended up doing was we thought, wouldn't it be interesting if we gave people a set of options for how they could upgrade? So instead of just giving them one price, we said, hey, we built this app. We like it, but we want you guys to kind of tell us, you know, what do you think about it by how much do you think it's worth for an upgrade? So they can either pay $0.99, cents, $1.99, or $2.99 for the same exact set of features. But oh, wow. it's kind of a way is that for us to tell, you know, are people really interested? Are people wanting to pay good money for a good app, which we haven't really seen that before, at least not in apps, and we thought that was something interesting. Uh, Additionally, you can also go and if you find yourself liking the Peak feature, you can go and you can buy Peak Packs. And I think think right now there are four different options for what you can buy. So let's just make one point of clarification. Resty, I'll let you do this one. The advertisement in the free app is that only on the main list, or do ads show up in the puzzle itself? The advertising only appears in the list view right okay. now. And, and we really we debated all this stuff because we spent a good bit of time developing the application. And I guess our main goal here was for it to be an educational process mm-hmm. and for us to learn from it. But we were also curious, you know, how can we monetize this without being really uh, obnoxious about it? Because we play games, and we like games, and... We've seen really good games get muddied down by really bad ad experiences. So sure. we didn't want to be too invasive with the ads, but I don't know. Maybe we could have gone a little bit further with that because mm-hmm. um, I don't think they're, they're very invasive at all at this point, uh, which is good from a user standpoint, sure. but maybe it could be a little bit better for us to find a balance in monetizing but not annoying users. Well, let's talk a little bit more about gameplay because I think it's you know worth talking about kind of the strategy and, and how you go about being successful at the game. We mentioned peaks earlier and we talked about that a little bit. And uh, Resty, you have, I know you have some interesting thoughts about peaks and cheating. So go ahead and tell us your thoughts there. Yeah, just based on what you were saying earlier and what Dimitri was saying about this whole idea of cheating and looking up clues online. Uh, We've had some of the more traditional crossword players who think that even the peak feature is cheating. And we really want to encourage people to use that. 
not just because we uh, it's a monetization effort for the game, but mm-hmm. because we think that it makes for good strategy. It helps in the beginning if you're struggling, and we know that some of these courses can be really difficult. And it helps at the end if you're playing a really tight game and you've gotten down to those last two or three clues that neither one of the players really knows what that last uh, letter is that's going to complete that clue. We really think that it helps to kind of keep the game moving and keep it competitive because we understand that we're pairing people up via Game Center and it's doing its best to try to match people up, but you get people who are playing at different skill levels. So yeah, I might get matched up against a PhD or something. That Yeah, that could be a little tough. <laughs> you guys also offer something called stealing. Yeah, and I, I love the stealing concept. Go ahead and talk about what steals are. Yeah, so the stealing thing, we had that idea pretty early on when we started talking about a two-player game, and we tried a couple of different approaches on how that would actually work, and we settled on... Once your opponent misses, you have the opportunity on your next turn to steal that word. And if you get that correct, you get those points for those letters and you have an opportunity to go again. So it's a big advantage if you can steal that word. And in the process, the really silly thing that we did is we allow people to send a photo to their friend, just basically uh, <laughs> poking a little bit of fun at them yes. in the process. And you know, we try to keep it lighthearted and only between people that actually follow each other on Game Center because we're sensitive to what people might actually send back. Right. That's great. You also have a clue bar on the screen. It's close to the submit button. It kind of lets you know where you are in the game. And I know that you and I have talked, if you double tap that clue bar with voiceover, you will toggle between going across and going down. A sighted person can swipe that bar and move from clue to clue Right now, that's not working with voiceover, but that's something you guys are taking a look at, right? Or will in the future. Yeah, we'll be taking a look at that. Right now, you're right. It just toggles between the across and down, but support for swiping will be something that we look at once we issue a patch for version 1.1. Very good. So is this your first game, or have you done other games besides this one? We've developed several applications, and we've built in some games to existing applications in the past. We did an application for Dexter, um, a show that used to be on Showtime. And as part of that application, we did a trivia component to one of their games. And we've had a long history of doing these kind of like snapshot surveys, if you're familiar with. USA Today, there was a feature that we had in that application where they have a little visual and then they ask the users questions about what their opinion is and we kind of show results based on the location. We've built in a similar feature to an application that we developed for the Smithsonian Channel. And we actually, part of the motivation for doing uh, Crossword was a crossword application that we had built into USA Today's iPad app back several years ago. And we were having to build in someone else's crossword component into another news application that we were working on. And we're really disappointed with how it integrated with the app, both from the user experience and just how it kind of fit in and some of the performance. So when we originally started out to build crossword, it was just to build a standard single-player crossword app that we could integrate into some of our other applications and offer to some of our news clients. And as we got further into it, uh, we got kind of excited about this concept of a two-player competitive crossword game. Excellent. 
Dimitri, why don't you go ahead and tell us how people can, uh, well, first of all, you can purchase the game in the App Store and just look for the word Crossly, C-R-O-S-S-L-Y. But if people want to contact you directly, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you guys? If they have a Twitter account, Mm -hmm. they can hit us up at Crossly Game. So at Crossly Game, and we've already been getting a lot of feedback from the accessibility community through that way. If they're more traditional, they can contact us through support at cross.ly. Mm-hmm. which is our email address. Okay. Rusty, am I missing anything as far as contact methods? I think those are the two main ones. Yeah, I think those are probably the two best approaches. I know that Twitter can be a, a little difficult with 140 characters, so feel free to email us. Um, that's great. I will vouch for the fact that you guys do check that Twitter account because it was probably 10 o'clock at night or later that I was having a discussion with you and, oh, I don't know, about three or four other people got into that. You know, when you do the multiple mentions, after a while your character count goes down to about seven, so you can't, you can't say much with that, but that's all right. So yeah, I did avail myself of the support email, and I recommend that as well. Well, guys, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. I really appreciate it, and uh, I suspect that our listeners are going to go download the game, check it out, and buy some uh, peaks and uh, be in contact with you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. All right. Well, those were some great reviews and interviews. Yeah. And uh, we'd love to have your feedback on this. If you like these kinds of things, you'd like us to bring you more of these kinds of things. If you have suggestions for things that you'd like to see, drop us an email or a comment. You can always get in touch with the show at www.tripleclickhome.com. Leave a comment there. You can email the show, resources at serotalk.com. Just reference Triple Click Home if you would, please. And uh, you can call the Blab line at 866-997-2522. Leave a comment there. Or you can leave an iReport directly from your iOS or Android device. Or Kindle Fire or Mac. Or, or Kindle Fire or Mac, yes. Yeah. Um, although, bear in mind that all of these things make a phone call, so you, you can make it from the Mac, but you have to have some kind of voice over IP application to do it with. And I'm not sure if it will call up Skype for you to do that or not, but uh, it actually does call up another voice over IP program I have called Telephone, which is free. Mm. And also, same thing would apply to the iPod Touch. So um, really, we're talking about uh, iReports on things with phone things in them. Yeah. Unless you want to get yeah, creative so and try unless you to want do to get it creative. on a thing that doesn't have, but no, no, no guarantees, right? I can tell you though that the uh, iReport does work from the Kindle Fire if you have Skype installed because I did it. Of course, you have to have Skype out credit, but it will work. Mm-hmm. I guess we didn't really need to go off on that huge tangent, but that's okay. That's what we do. Tangents is that's what. That's how do. we roll around here. Yes, sir. Just ask anyone that's been to a staff meeting. Yeah. Those short ones that turn into, well, long ones. <laughs> it's going to be a really short staff meeting two hours <laughs> later. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> but thanks for tuning in, y'all. And we'll see you next month when we bring you not rumor and speculation, but the real deal. Check show notes for contact information, y'all. You can follow us all on Twitter, lots of different places. Until next time, happy listening. <laughs>